You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. If you want legendary service... If you, you want sweeter discounts, trap under with and sure See what it's all about. Switch to insurance. Get a quote and save by bundling auto and home with insurance. Hello listeners and welcome to week 30 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. It's team of the season and we've got some reviews for you. We've also got some skill gap chat, carp chat, goalkeeper clearances, 4-2-2-2 and plenty of tips to be taken into a potentially huge weekend league this weekend. I'm your host Ben and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly Podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, Patreon and brought to you by our supporters. And on this one, which you may have heard if you were listening to the content pod earlier this week, there is no japes because he's unfortunately unwell, actually. And we wish him all the best and a speedy recovery. Hopefully, we'll make it back for next week's pod, which will probably be Team of the Season Premier League. For now, though, I can introduce Matt Foot Trading slash coaching slash packs slash whatever he's up to. Hello, Matt. Hello, Ben. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, I could, there's, there's plenty of different name changes we could go for at this point. It could be, yeah, you know, Matt Fuck Packs, yeah, Matt Fuck Drafts. There's there's plenty of things that I do nowadays outside <laughs> of trading, but no. Team of Seasons here, good weekend, and I'm excited to get into the pod. Yeah, definitely. And we have with us some serious gameplay expertise in the form of Ryan Pessoa, Man City Pro. He joined us for half a pod last week the supporter gameplay pod but we have him for a full episode and a bit more as well this week so it's great to have you thanks for coming on hello it's great to be here again looking forward to to what's that we're going to be speaking about today yeah definitely and we have with us next a streamer youtuber and someone who's been out of pod action for a little while so it's great to have him back that is chusters how are we doing hello ben yeah i'm good thank you mate thank you for having me back on i'm uh, i'm excited to have a Chew the fat with you guys today. Yeah, it's going to be good. And uh, we'll start then with what we now start our gameplay podcast off with most of the time, and that is some player reviews. 
So, uh, I guess ideally these might be team of the season players, but they certainly don't have to be. We'll be on the content pod doing the pound for pound powerhouse, of course. And there have been loads of great suggestions for that, for good value options, as you'd expect at the moment. And my player review will be over there as well, because it will be my pound for pound powerhouse too. Uh, So we'll start off then with Chufsters. Have you got a review for us? Okay, so I apologise in advance for this kind of flex. I managed to pack myself, right? (laughs) As one, I did a random pack, four team in a season, just before bed. I was like, I'm going to do one pack, and out popped from like a prime gold players pack, Moments Cantona. Now, He's a hero of mine from when I was growing up. Love him. And, uh, you know, as you do, you start using him the next day and he was terrible. <laughs> but I've got used to him. And now I think he's, I've, now I'm using him as you're meant to use Cantona. And I think he's mm. fantastic. This weekend league, I'll tell you his, his record, right? This is weekend league and then some division one rivals. 44 games, 68 goals, 24 assists, which is pretty good. Wow. That's especially for me. I'm not a huge goal scorer. And... I just absolutely love him, but only when I started using him like you should use him. Like I think a lot of people, and I'm talking to people on stream and stuff, that they use a card and they use it like they'd use, you know, you can't use Cantona like you'd use Messi or somebody, you know, somebody with high agility, small. They just don't dribble the same. Mm. So you've got to use them slightly differently. And now I've kind of got used to using him. I absolutely love him. He's 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 phenomenal. He's literally can shoot. He's pretty pacey. Uh, he's really strong. He's good in the air. I think he's got the power heading trait. And with this new like meta that I've, I don't know much about, but it'd be good actually because, you know, Ryan probably knows a lot more than me about this new like crossing metas apparently coming in as well. So uh, it's, uh, I mean, I don't know how much detail you want me to go into, but he's just been absolutely no, no. lovely. Uh, I think you've, you've nailed it there. Uh, the only thing I'd ask is maybe what chem style did you end up using? I mean, I know he's pretty well-rounded, but... Engine for me. I wanted to get yeah, the agility up, a little yeah. bit of pace. His finishing and stuff's you know 90 i think he's like 94 so 94 mm. 99 how much of a difference are you going to notice on that not so much i think the pace for me yeah, so yeah, yeah just an engine on him but um if anyone's kind of been um and ahhing about using him give him a try he's so fun and, uh, and that's what it's all about these days isn't it just having fun yeah yeah totally and uh yeah he's crazy and, and by using him in a different way do you mean that you're maybe using him more in the link up play and then to finish chances rather than necessarily you know straight line running like you'd use like a Diatta or uh, Mbappe. Yeah, know. I'm using less of kind of the not so much left stick dribbling in the box. Right. Yeah, but yeah. Maybe, but not so much beforehand because what I was doing is picking up with him, maybe trying to left stick dribble, and I was just getting p- picked off all the time. Yeah. So yeah. now kind of getting it, I'm using use L2 with him a bit more to kind of shield the ball if I need to to get the pass off or, or maybe a turn, but just kind of being a bit more sensible with how I'm using him. And it's working well. Yeah, yeah. The 88 Cantor I used like, was it like a month or two ago now. And uh, at that point, he was very dominant so i can see how this would be you know this point in the year that the equivalent i suppose you know his stats are that much better and the physicals are just crazy i'm not sure you'll see many cards as physical as that although uh, we may talk about a few and then ryan who did you want to give a shout out to i know you haven't really been playing well you haven't played this weekend because you were yeah. commentating is there anyone that you know people have been using that you think would be effective this weekend yeah as i said for me i haven't played fifa in a week which for mm. me is a, a very long period of time yeah. so i didn't, didn't get to play the first team of the season weekend league unfortunately but i would say of course speaking prior to playing or seeing casting over the games this weekend seeing who a lot of pros have been using and that was well the most successful obviously it's, it's hard to try and pick a player because the way pros build their team is based around a meta and it's mm. hard to delve away from that and pick up other players but there's a player that's sort of under the radar. 
this Zambia for birthday card in right back. And I know a lot of people oh. perhaps use him. He's relatively cheap as well on the market, but I know a lot of people use him because of the five-star skills. He's decent agility. He's got the strength. He can commit to attack. And it helps a lot with people that play the 5-3-2, as I saw this weekend. And also mm. some people that play 4-3-1-2 with the fullbacks overlapping because he can contribute to the attack because he's actually really good on the ball. Mm. So he's a player that I would say I would give a massive shout out to just because of how easy he is to link. And he's mm. very, very cheap on the market. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a big physical presence as well, isn't he? Six yeah. foot one, ninety nine jumping. Uh, yeah, he's someone that I found awkward to play against for sure. Yeah, and of course, jumping is actually important because you mentioned heading. Mm. So at the back post, he is good to to defend that. Yeah, yeah. We did. We did. I can't remember. Ryan, was it last week we were talking about? I think it may have been the week before now, but we were talking about the uh, play a lot crossing. Yeah, it does feel like yeah. that's something that you're going to see more and more going forward. And with players yeah. like Cantona, for example, obviously peeling off to that far post and jumping over your fullback, as we saw in previous FIFAs, uh, someone like Zambia is going to help a lot. But let's move on to Matt. Who's your player review for this week? Okay. Uh, I've been using Moments Horisto Stoichkov this weekend. Uh-huh. He was quite cheap. He was around about a million coins, which might not be cheap, but for an icon of his quality, I thought quite cheap. Uh, put an engine chem style on him. So, you know, most of his sort of big stats, sort of mid to high 90s. Mm. And yeah, I know people look at him and think three-star weak foot, is he really worth it? But I don't know, I just found 95 shooting, it sort of countered that three-star weak foot a lot of the time. He has 81 jumping, which, you know, if you're going for those far post crosses, is very, very helpful. Um, and one of the key stats I found was that 94 aggression. Um, if you like sort of pressing high to win the ball back nice and early... He was really, really, really good at that. And coupled with his 85 strength, he was just winning so many balls back high up the pitch and uh, and countering quickly. So, yeah, he was the main one for me uh, this weekend. Had a, had a really good performance. Got me a, a nice little elite two. and wasn't really, you know, stressing too, too much. So uh, definitely one to recommend if you've got him or got that budget. Yeah, I hadn't realised he got quite that cheap. So, yeah, it's a great suggestion. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit different. And uh, this is a good one for Ryan. Well, it's addressed to Ryan. And uh, Jarrow asking for Ryan. A lot of top players say there's no skill gap this year. I uh, just want to know his thoughts on this and why we've seen similar names make the broadcast events and do well also. Uh, Tom, Levy, Ollie Bolly, Musty, Adraman, etc. What sets these guys apart? And I suppose what can we learn as regular players from that? There is a skill gap, as slim as it may be, but there is a skill gap. It's, it's the largest skill gap, in my opinion, than last year in FIFA mm. 20. I felt like that was more so down to potluck. I remember in like, qualifications, one of the penalty shootout losses I had mm. was ridiculous. But this year, of course, it's very difficult because it's, it's hard to compare each FIFA on, on their skill gaps. I think it's subjective. Everyone has their own opinion. But for me... With FIFA 21, as I said, there is a skill gap, but you have to play a certain way. There's only so many things you can do, whether it's player lock or creative runs or directional nutmegs or bridges or through balls. There's only like a handful of things that sets apart people in terms of the offense. However, defensively, it's kind of easy to to soak up a lot of pressure. Like we saw, well, I saw anyway on the on the broadcast if, if people saw it. Um, the player that Tom played in the final, Cosimo, he played a, a really deep defensive line and he lost the final course. He reset the bracket, but he was barely conceding goals. And mm. I feel like defensively is more important than offensively because for me personally, when playing, I wasn't finding any difficulty in scoring goals, even though I didn't necessarily exploit directional nutmegs as much as I should have. Same with through balls and things like that. But 
defensively is where some people can break you down, whether it's through balls. Sometimes you can lose that little bit of concentration. Someone plays a through ball, you're not tracking the run, bang, you're conceded one nil down potentially. So I would say the skill gap is high. And what sets them apart is mentality. Mm. I would say mentality is a key thing. Sorry, I, I, I think I said, I think the skill gap is high. I meant to say it's higher than last year. But yeah, there's a skill mm. gap in mentality, if that makes sense anyway. Yeah, what separates yeah, some people sense. is, I know I've been guilty of it in the past. And many people I know perhaps have the same thing where FIFA might not be going, or they might be, you might be playing a game of FIFA and it's not going your way. You're hitting the post a lot. There's a lot of rebounds or bundles happening against you and you get frustrated, you get angry, and that consequently affects the way you play. And that happens mm. a lot, as I said, as a pro player as well. We work on our mentality, but it still happens. I'd be lying if I said it didn't. So these players, I know I speak to Tom. Tom's very is a confident player. There's tons of players out there as well that are, are really good at controlling their mental state of the game, the game when competing, because there's little things that might go against you and it can cause you to, to completely mess up your game plan or cause you to lose your head. So I say that's a, an aspect that I think is underappreciated of the players that are performing well, like Oli Bolly, like Tom, like Adjuman, those guys that have been consistently at the top mm. from this year and also last year as well and previous FIFAs. I guess that's the thing about you know any top level, sport if you like, or, or game. It, it, the people at the top in a sport or esport like FIFA where there's so many competitors what sets them apart at the top is going to be that mental side because technically all the players who get there are phenomenal right I mean they're all amazing players and it is going to be that which which makes a big difference I mean you think of someone like Tex who was obviously dominating a few years ago he hasn't had the same success even though I'm sure Ryan correct me if I'm wrong he's going to be technically as capable as as many of the other players yeah that's the thing that Maybe a lot of people who aren't really involved in it. There's so many players that I've played against. Mm. And I think, wow, you are incredible. But then they never get anywhere near the broadcast or anywhere near qualifying for events. That's been a thing since I've I've come into the FIFA competitive scene since the end of FIFA 17. So it happens a lot. And of course, FIFA is a game. There's a lot of variables that you're not in control of. You can't control mm. every player on the pitch. Technically, there are some instances where your player mind or command doesn't, your input doesn't get commanded in the game instantly could cause you to lose possession of the ball those those little things which you're not completely in control of i think that's the hardest part but the the key to that is just accepting that and just moving on from it yeah yeah. interesting thing that i was thinking and we did have a question from kraus about this actually and it's something that uh, actually i'd be interested to hear from chuff as a content creator about is it's been a shame this year because i don't think we've seen the amount of co-op action than i thought we might see when they announced it you know it just hasn't become a feature of committed players uh activities if you like in the game which seems a real shame because his point was and i think that's fair something like co-op when you're in control of more players and there's a whole extra bit of skill gap added in terms of your partnership with your teammate that can actually be something that removes some of the ai reliance and the randomness and also adds like another level of skill do you think that that's something you enjoy and it's something that you would like to see pushed into more from a competitive standpoint so we have we have some competitions this year that are well it's hard to because of the pandemic of course but in previous years we had 2v2 tournaments mm. where it's like e-nations of course we've got club or cup and they are honestly the best tournaments to be a part of mm. it's incredibly fun however the way they implemented co-op to ultimate team this year wasn't ideal you're unable to play it as a friendly mode you can only play it i believe in squad battles and rivals, I think yeah, yeah. I have I haven't even touched it. <laughs> that goes to mm-hmm. show, like, and I've I've always wanted co-op to be implemented into Ultimate Team, so you could play perhaps like a separate weekend league or play against your friends two v two. That would be amazing because 
it's more interactive and there is a skill gap to it. Like it's it's as would I say it's higher than one v one. It's it's around the same, but it's still difficult to to do because it takes a lot of chemistry. You have to understand each other. Mm. And you have to be like pathological without having to constantly speak about what you want to do. You can just work around it. You have to be in sync with one another. But I love playing 2v2 at tournaments. I think it's incredible. And I hope in the future there's more tournaments around that. And they can just add simply just the friendly mode 2v2 mm. in Ultimate Team. I think that's the basis. And it will, I guess, increase the amount of people that play it. Because I, for one, I don't know about you guys, I haven't even touched the co-op mode this year. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I haven't. I mean, I played it just a little bit to kind of try it out and a couple of things here and there. And I went in to do, I think in the first round of icon swaps, complete the score battles with a friend and the objectives just didn't register. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it completely like meant that obviously from that point onwards, I was like, well, if we don't know whether the objectives are going to work in co-op or not, then what's the point? Like it, it is kind of irrelevant in that sense uh, for many people. But I think someone was actually saying they played the a recent icon swaps score battles and they were completing the objectives in co-op so uh, maybe they have actually sort of under the hood added changes to make sure that more of the objectives complete but it's certainly something that's frustrating chuff from a content creator's perspective i, I imagine this is something that you really wanted to see take off this year but it, it just hasn't and hopefully we see it going forward i suppose yeah exactly i mean when it was kind of put out there you know the most sociable fifa and everything the expectations were really high and and then we didn't get the the 2v2 which was quite is massive mm. because it kind of kind friendly of yeah. takes a, yeah takes the friendliness because you can't just go and play you know two two of your mates yeah which is a real shame but there's a huge amount of potential and you know for me a lot of my content I like to try and do things a little bit different and I love any kind of content where you're doing it with somebody else because it adds a different dimension to the kind of you know to the to the entertainment for people so there's so many things they could do with it you know like when you do um, you know, whether you could even have a, a mode where you you build a club together, you know, you pick a partner and you actually start mm. a fuck club and build it together or crossing clubs. So when you play a game of, you know, co-op, you actually can pick players from each, each of your clubs to build a joint team to play those games or, you know, like co-op draft would be fantastic. Mm. There's so much potential with it, but I just wonder whether, you know, when with any kind of game and franchise, they, the developments need to be staged. So that, you know, mm. if they give us everything that they could give us in one go, then the next year may not have anything. I don't know. You know, mm. it's something that could have easily been added re in you know, reality. I know we, the pandemic has made it a bit more difficult, but you'd expect that yeah, yeah. if they really wanted to, they probably could have added at least the 2v2 friendlies. Um, but it's probably something for next year. So they've always got the progression to keep us coming back and that next thing to kind of sell the game, potentially just my thoughts yeah yeah uh, that's a good point I, I think the thing from my perspective is a bit of a shame is i hope because of the fact that people aren't really playing it in the committed community because of the fact that you can't uh, complete the objectives or it's inconsistent whether you can complete the objectives or not doesn't mean that they think that it's unpopular and don't work on it right yeah true. i hope that they they give it the resources to push it further because I, as you say there's just so much potential there that they haven't tapped into this year uh, and i hope they do progress it next year uh matt you've actually played a lot of co-op i think this year right um because you were doing squad battles early doors as, as you said on the pod the co-op uh, in squad battles is a massive advantage but yeah. uh, have you you know pursued it in any other way i guess you were using it in rivals too maybe and, and felt like it was giving you an advantage but uh, anything else to add from you on that yeah, I mean, the start of the year with squad battles was so much fun. It was so mm. much fun because you're, you know, working towards the goal of, you know, first in the world or whatever with a mate. And it's it was good fun, you know, even in rivals as well. 
at the start of the year. I thought it was it was quite an easy way of getting, you know, simple 5-0 wins and, um, you know, getting the rivals points needed for rank one. But as the year's gone on, there's really not been a need for it. You know, squad battles, it becomes a little bit tedious. There's not really the, the reward for the time spent. And, mm. you know, rivals, I think, you know, these days... If you're playing most of your weekend league, I think you need to only play about four or five games of rivals and you get enough points for rank one. So it's, it's died off a bit, really. Um, and there's no real need to play mm. co-op. That's the thing. There's, there's no real need. You know, the rewards aren't really there. You don't need it for points. They're not really in fuck champs. You know, there's not a, a co-op fuck champs. You can't mm. really do draft co-op to make it worthwhile for both players because you can only have obviously that thing where you invite a guest and you get uh they don't get the rewards so yeah i think it's it's a good idea i think it could be fun but the the reward just isn't there yet and it's a bit Hmm. it's definitely something they need to work on for next year yeah i feel like they will do something next year to build on it it's just whether that is uh, what we're hoping for and uh, it does broaden out into becoming more useful generally and something people play a bit more it might be for casuals it's often hard to say but certainly for the community that i know it's not necessarily been something that a lot of them have actually done consistently throughout the year or found that useful anyway we will talk more proper gameplay tips if you like in part two we're going to talk about the 422 and plenty more uh, we did loads of discussion on weekend league advice things like that on last week's pod so do check that out if you want more on it but we will do that after the break hello so in this break a quick reminder to enter the squad of the month competition uh, this is a supporter exclusive competition and you can win 4600 fever points or the voucher equivalent Winner likely announced on next week's pod. And uh, you can do that over at footweeklypodcast.com forward slash competitions. So that's footweeklypodcast.com forward slash competitions. Basically looking for something creative, interesting, uh, potentially throwing in some team of the season players. Although if you've already entered it and it was before team of the season, the panel will be taking that into account. Don't worry. But for now, that's all I have to say. Thank you for your support. And let's jump back into part two. So getting back into it with some proper gameplay questions, if you like, we start off with this one from Square. He says, I have problems clearing the ball with my keeper. I hold the button for a while to get a lofted clearance, but often the ball goes flat. My opponent gets a deadly counterattack. I mean, I have the time needed for a proper clearance, but can't always pull it off. Uh, What are your suggestions? I I do see what he means here in terms of playing it back to keeper because you're under pressure can potentially lead to an awkward situation but I can't say I particularly had the issue he's talking about with the poor clearances um, but yeah Matt what are your thoughts on this one I think a good question would be what keeper he's using because especially some of the you know the higher end sort of icon keepers if you want legendary service if you, you want, want sweeter discounts save by bundling auto and home with insurance I've got Moment Schmeichel, for example, and he's just got really, really good kicking attributes, I think. And he just, whenever I clear it, he always finds like a really good ball uh, out wide to the wings. Mm. Sort of lobbed past my fullbacks a lot of the time. Yeah, I don't know. I think a big one, if you're trying to sort of clear it long, sometimes using an L1 triangle is is a good way to go if you've got a keeper with good sort of kicking attributes. Mm. Um, cause you know, they're quite glitchy and you can get a nice sort of long ball out to the, the channels. If you've got, you know, a, a winger running in there or a striker running out wide, 
I don't really, I can't really say I use the lofted clearance much at all. If I'm if I'm sort of using a a sort of clearance as a pass, I'll probably just use a, a standard square pass. And again, aim for the wings. So you know, if your opponent does get ahead on it. Uh, you're more likely to sort of win it back in a, a sort of less dangerous area. And they'll probably have smaller players on the wings, so you're more likely to win a header. Mm. Yeah, uh, apart from that, sort of aiming for the wings, maybe using an L1 triangle, maybe looking at your keeper's sort of kicking stats and seeing if they're sort of on the higher end of those. That would be my advice, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. And I suppose, Ryan, what about you? I think what Matt said there about, you know, trying to play it on the ground to keep the ball uh in your possession, if you like, is always going to be the best thing. But I suppose sometimes if your opponent's really coming onto your defenders and trying to cut the passing lanes, uh, do you just end up going longer? It, it really depends for me. I'm trying to think of a situation where, so let's say if I'm playing against somebody that uses press after possession loss in a 4-3-1-2. Mm. If I have time on the ball with the goalkeeper, and I say time is probably, I'm still getting penned in, but I have enough time that I could use a, a driven cross to the either of, of my fullbacks just because I, I trust them on the ball. Mm. And um, there are situations where I know a lot of pro players or maybe some players might have a target man in their team. The target man for me is Cristiano Ronaldo. So, mm-hmm. of course, aerially dominant. He's most likely going to win the, the header over all centre-backs or fullbacks. So I aim, the, aim it towards him, but I do lofted clearances. And so I basically hold L1 or LB, whichever console, and just clear the ball towards him. And that's the mm-hmm. way I sort of get out of those situations and yeah apologies if you can hear banging in the background from my <laughs> neighbors but yeah <laughs> <laughs> they like chiseling the wall yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right uh, as long as it gets mentioned it doesn't sort of linger in the background then uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's good no, no no i think i think that was a, a good point there like if you have a target man just doing the uh you know lobbed pass up to them do, do you do any modifiers on that do you do like a an lb lobbed pass to the striker or do you just do the regular one i always do lb i never similarly in fact the person that submitted it there were some issues when at the start of the year i would just do a normal goal kick and it wouldn't really get any elevation and it would either hit the attacker or it would just get caught up in the midfield and i'd lose possession that easily but yeah as yeah, yeah. as i said i don't like to do long balls too often i'd only do a long ball if there's no other option short because mm. of course i back see something to win the header however headers are manual so if I head it down, there's no guarantees that my player is actually going to lock onto the pass because that happens frequently. So I like to play the ball on the floor as much as possible. I would mm. rarely, unless I'm, unless all options are completely covered and I have to go along, I, I just tend to play it short. Uh, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's a good point on the L1, LB uh, lobbed pass because uh, I do think I've seen a lot of people do that if they're going you know, longer up the pitch. It just gives your... Uh, attacking player more time to jump and head the ball down so yeah uh, definitely a, a good point there and uh yeah chuff what, what are your thoughts on this have you found anything particularly useful on this front i'm the same boat as i don't i don't have that scenario that much i try and keep it on the on the ground and if i'm going back to my keeper it's probably one of the only times within the game where i'm kind of i'm normally thinking two steps so I know that I've kind of got the outlet for the keeper it's very rare that I've gone mm. back to my keeper in absolute panic mm-hmm. I'm normally no I, I can't even tell you the last time I kind of went back to my keeper then just absolutely cleared it so I haven't really had it too much to be honest but yeah I just the same thing I just try and keep it on the ground as much as possible because I I've had struggles with the passes in terms of just getting the right power on them if you're trying to do that and I just don't trust the long passing ability of my keepers really yeah yeah uh, that's a fair point as well one of the things that and I've said this before, but 
if you're like with your keeper and the problem is that it does take a little bit of time but not very long for this to happen if you feel like one of the reasons why you're not getting options is because all your players are marked you can hit hug sidelines on the d-pad and your fullbacks will then sit on the sidelines and that actually can open up a couple of like short passing options um, because you know it spreads your opposition out as well and might get you uh, a bit more space but yeah I think it is something that I would recommend as well like everyone has to play short if you can and then yeah using that LB can help although yeah actually just going back to Matt's point about the long through ball if the opponent is really pushed up then actually hitting a diagonal long through ball um, over the top can help a lot and people forget that you can actually do threaded uh, lofted through balls so if you do both l1 lb and r1 rb you can get a through ball which goes over the top but further i guess than uh, it would so it gives it much less uh, chance of being cut out or headed down by a defender uh, on its way over the top so still a pretty decent chance you'll lose it but at least that that ball loss is going to be uh, far away from your goal um so yeah good advice on that Let, let's move on to uh, another question or, or kind of a a theme, I suppose, here that's developed um, between all these questions. And it does mainly focus on the 4-2-2-2 formation, which people will, I'm sure, be familiar with. Two CDMs, you've got two cams and the two strikers. It's a bit like 4-4-2, but you have this uh, narrower, I suppose, defensive shape. Uh, so Hugh, who's often, of course, on the pod, does say, uh, do you have any specific tips for dealing with the 4-2-2-2? That seems to be the formation that gives me the most trouble as it feels like the wide cams can defend and attack both narrow and wide, Yeah, which is maybe not so much the case for 4-4-2. And this coincides also with a lot of uh, content creators, I would say, uh, taking on the 4-2-2-2. And I know Ranners, who has been on the pod quite a few times, has put out a YouTube video on the 4-2-2-2 and uh, showing a number of different tactics, some of which are quite effective against three at the backs. Well worth it for, you know, a full explanation. And uh, I'll put the video in the tactic bank as well. He's got like four different setups, all the 4-2-2-2, and they're all, you know, very useful in their own way. But let me start then. I think, Chuff, you were saying you actually use this across the weekend league, so it'd be an interesting person to come to. Um, you know, how did you find it? And, and are there any specific, like, tactical points that you would make about it did you use one of his particular tactics or just use all of them and then go through yeah utilize that so i implemented it halfway through my weekend league actually so i i do use four triple two as my main formation i've been using it for the entire i've been using it you know the whole fifa really yeah, yeah. but my two my two weaknesses really are i get countered like everyone especially with five at the back because i struggle to break down it's generally because I lose concentration and I pull my defenders out of position. I don't just get my CDMs back, so I just get ripped apart. Or I, um, I'm i not quick enough with my counter-attacking to break down before their defenders get back. So, yeah, I decided to give these a try halfway through because I thought it would give me more stability. Rather than changing formations, I actually quite like the idea of having one formation and trying to play different ways with it. And mm. I... I found them actually really good. I really like the so there's yeah the the version which is kind of like the, the you know the five three two destroyer where you've got your, your mm. two cams and your strikers on stay forward uh, get in behind on the strikers and basically you can just attack down the wings. It was really it's really good, but it does take a little bit of practice because I'm not I guess I don't 
play in that way. So it did, it did take me some practice, which I should have really done outside of weekend league to just get into that <laughs> mindset of, right, when, mm. they're, when they attack, right, just got to get down the wing, attack down the wing. Um, and some of the games where I got into that mindset, it was really, really, really effective. You've got those players. Um, the only thing I've found, and this is more me rather than the tactics, is, you know, the same as usual. If I didn't, as soon as I become under a little bit of pressure or, you know, I'm, I, I know it's a big game, it's close, I start to... Um, lunge into tackles higher up the pitch my cdms and then there's a huge gap and they can just counter and score or pull in a center back out of position or um but no i found it yeah i found it really really good and you know the really defensive version was really good at kind of just locking the game down when you're uh two up and um and i had some success with the you know the really attacking one when i was when i was down as well actually i generally play quite fast build up just because i'm impatient mm. so I, I actually found more success with the kind of the 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 long ball getting behind version than than the kind of the standard balanced one that you start with. It's interesting because I was actually also noticing across my weekend league that the tactic that worked best against people playing three and five at the back for me was a tactic with long ball, but it was actually the four three three brackets four, which is quite a good comeback formation in a way. And I'd often use it switching from my starting formation if I felt like I needed to come back into a game. Whether I was losing or not, I would sometimes change it before it's necessarily goal down against the three at the back. Um, but yeah, when someone was playing three at the back or five at the back, I felt that it was really good because you could have the left wing, right wing on stay forward, the striker on stay forward and the cam on stay forward. Uh, but the cam still sort of helped defensively actually. And then centre mids both cover centre but stay back on one of them and the fullbacks on stay back it feels a bit cheesy in a way because you have to play the ball forward quite quickly it's quite counter-attacking um, but it does open up the channels for through balls because you essentially have your left wing and right wing I had to hug sidelines on the d-pad on but my team width not too wide and it meant that the centre backs get pulled really really wide and your cam and striker end up in a two-on-one with their centre-centre back quite often. Uh, so that was working really well. But I think that the 4-2-2-2, especially if you have that front four in a similar way, uh, on stay forward would, would also work pretty well. But I think that the nice thing about the 4-3-3 brackets 4 is actually that you have that cam to potentially put a bit more pressure on their defensive midfielders and the uh, midfielders generally gets a bit more help from the forwards. But... I think that the four two two from trying across the year is definitely a great option for people to try. And I'd be interested to know from you, Ryan, because I know you play a lot of four four two. You mentioned that on the last pod. Yeah. Uh, very balanced. But do you think that the four two 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 is a good option? Have you given it a go at all? Yeah, I've used four two two. That was a formation I started the year off with. I used that a lot of the time for I'd say maybe a month maybe a little bit longer than that. But I started off with it because I had good success with it in FIFA 99, FIFA 20, using that formation. So I wanted to start off with it. But I would say the differences with 4-4-2 is the way 4-4-2 is a very, it's not a dynamic formation at all. You have to play it a certain way at the pro level. So a lot of players, you'd use it. You can create triangles when you build up quickly and you can also use it where you build up on one side of the pitch and then you can quickly just like go over to the other side and there's gaps and you can just exploit that at the time. But with 4 triple 2 it's more compact, as you mentioned, obviously, with cams rather than left midfielders or right midfielders. So it helps a lot. And mm. the one issue with 4-4-2 that I do have is I lack the person in the middle that links the play up. So mm. I have both my centre midfielders on balance. I don't touch anything. I leave them... Actually, I made them cover centre when they defend. But other than that, everything else is default. However, it's still I still lack that person just to link the play up a little bit. And with the 4 triple 2 it's still... 
you still don't have that person there. However, the attacking midfielders contribute a little bit more inside on the pitch. Mm. Do you also find though, because of that, that the maybe CDMs don't get as involved as they would? Yeah, in 100%. They don't get involved. Yeah, nowhere yeah. near in a 4 2 Just because with the CDMs, obviously, you have different instructions for them. And I tend to make, in a 4 2 anyway, I play a little bit differently. So mm. but if I do play 4 2 I tend to have one of the players stay back, whether that's an actual out-and-out CDM like Vieira or somebody that's, even a Renato Sanchez. If I'm using Renato Sanchez and Vidal, which I have been using them together, I would say I would keep Vidal staying back and then Renato would sort of bomb forward a little bit. But it's still not enough for me in the middle of the pitch. But again, it's it's a it's a great formation to use. I feel like there isn't a perfect formation. So you have to deal with something that, that's yeah. not favorable. Even though some people like the 5-3-2, I used to use it as well. But it's just you can't press in that formation. So there's still like there's always a downfall with, with a certain formation. I don't think there's one like in FIFA 20 or FIFA 19 with the 4-2-3-1 where it was the go-to formation. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. And in terms of Matt, the 4-2-2-2, and I suppose the question being how to deal with it, mm. uh, would, would you say there's any particular way that you might match up against it that would be advantageous or, or even any just comments more generally on it, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, I noticed a few people playing it. Um, I switched to a 4-1-2-1-2 midway through the weekend and I found that was quite good for dealing with uh, it. Is that na- the narrow one or the wide... Narrow, I guess. Uh, the narrow yeah yeah cool so yeah. the main idea behind it was if they were having their you know the cams this this sort of works for the 442 as well if they've got their cams or their their wingers a little bit more progressed up the pitch having three midfielders or three center mids to sort of counter the uh the two cdms was sort of my idea sort of push the wide mm. center mids up in the 4212 to get them onto the cdms and then that leaves the CDM with a lot of space. So you can always sort of go back and create those triangles. Um, and then obviously, if you've got that central cam as well, pushed up a little bit more sort of behind the the CDMs and in between the defensive lines, if you can use the three center mids to sort of pull those DMs out of position, get that ball into the cam, then you've got a situation where your two strikers are most likely on the two center backs. So, you know, you can play a little triangle in there or, you know, trigger a manual run and, and get in behind that way. So that was sort of my idea in trying to keep things nice and narrow to sort of get a, a numbers advantage, pull those two DMs out of position, get in behind them and then try and create with with three sort of strikers, if you like, with the two strikers and the cam on get forward. That was sort of my way of uh, dealing with it and it, and it worked uh, okay you know if you if you're yeah. a good sort of quick tiki taka style player pulling players around like that using a, a packed midfield could be a way to to sort of counter it yeah i actually think that's a really good point because i myself whenever i came up against it was using a 4312 which is obviously really similar and didn't find it too much of an issue i think what it does the four three one two and four one two one two narrow is it i think it kind of puts the cams in a bit of no man's land really because you have the midfielders more narrow and so the cams when they're tracking back they're not really marking anyone whereas the wide players in the four four two they mm. will try and mark your fullbacks uh, as they come forward and that means that their fullbacks are then free to push into the center to crowd out the center of the pitch which can be a bit of an issue if you're playing the 41212 narrow but with the 4222 actually the cams don't 
know who to drop onto i think they don't necessarily pick up your center mids in the narrow formations yeah but they also don't pick up the fullbacks as they come forward and so you can end up with a mismatch quite easily and also those cams sometimes will drift into strange positions as they come back because they're not sort of set into a certain area like they they uh, would be if they were left mid or right mid so I think you can gain a bit of an advantage through that especially if you move the ball quite quickly and uh, with the fullbacks pushing forward as well you know again you can get a bit of an advantage it's interesting actually because of course it's Hugh who asked the question who has been on the pod talking about the 4-3-3 brackets too and how effective that's been against the 4-4-2 for him and I think that it is interesting because I do feel like the 4-3-1-2-4-1-2-1-2 is just a bit more effective against the 4-2-2-2 than 4-3-3s that have wingers because you have the wide players further forward which changes the behavior of the fullbacks and then also the cam behind the two strikers uh, in the 4-3-1-2 of course and 4-1-2-1-2 so I think there are some differences there and I definitely think it's a good option to try if you're really struggling against the 4-2-2-2 but as always you know changing your formation to something you're not that familiar with can be a massive disadvantage so just bear that in mind uh, but it was good to hear Matt that you had similar success with that formation against the 4-2-2-2 right let's us wrap up the pod then uh, it's been great to have you all on this one hopefully we shared some wisdom ahead of this huge Premier League team of the season reward weekend potentially uh, don't want to hype it up too much you know it's not all about that of course I want people to be having a good time but it is going to be uh, something that people take a lot more seriously. And if you want extra gameplay tips, of course, there is two podcasts every week on the supporter feed. And last week, there was the gameplay one. Ryan was on it. And we talked about weekendly mentality. Plenty more gameplay tips beside that too. And actually, you know, you can go back on the Patreon and look at all the gameplay podcasts or listen to all the gameplay podcasts from the past well, this year and beyond, really. So if you'd like to get yourself in the zone with that, then do if you're a supporter head over there listen back through and uh, hopefully that'll help you out and uh, if you're not and you fancy supporting the pod keeping it going keeping it weekly as the supporters do then you can do that it's just three pounds a month and the contribution is very welcome it helps out a lot and you can do that over at bit.ly slash more pod so that's bit.ly slash more pod right enough rambling from me don't forget the content pod if you haven't caught it already is out on the supporter feed and a huge thank you to our guests here and finally actually chuff how are you feeling going into this potential premier league team of the season weekend league i am going to be it's probably yeah i loved a weekend league at the start of fifa um normally i love it well, actually this is the first year i've not played all every all 30 games every weekend um i've kind of taken a back step and just kind of a much more relaxed and fun approach with funny teams and stuff but that's mm. all out the window now. Like, I just want to yeah. try and, you know. Um, <laughs> but again, I'm still making sure I keep it fun. Like, I'm passionate in the game. Like, I'm, I'm uh, like shouting and things, but I'm laughing at it as well because it is only, you know, if you don't get that, I want the, I want Elite this weekend. I missed out this weekend annoyingly, but for the Premier, I want it. But you know what? If I don't get it, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, it's a good way to think about it. As soon as you take the pressure off a bit, it helps massively. Uh, yeah, good luck. Where can people catch your weekend league progress and your streams this week i'm sure you've got plenty of uh 6 p.m content uk time and things like that yeah exactly yeah chuster so i'm chuster's everywhere youtube twitch all socials and everything so you can come find me and, and stream yeah day and evenings uk time so uh yeah come and say hello nice great uh look forward to that over the weekend and uh we've also had the pleasure of matt foot trading coaching upgrades and all that jazz you must be <laughs> gearing yourself up for a big weekend this weekend with premier league on its way yes definitely i don't know whether i'll go for an elite one uh, i kind of feel like i want to 
just sort of stick it out with the elite finishes and, and try and keep it quite relaxed if possible. Oh, here we go. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And hopefully, once I get all my Prem Rares sold off and I can uh, finally start opening packs, I'll be able to go and stream them all over on Twitch as well, which is Matfoot Trading as well. So you can catch me nice. when we expecting Prem Team of the Season to drop. So that's uh, when I'll be live. Great. And, uh, you know... Ryan, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Is that the case with Weekend League having had a week off? Are you uh, rare, raring to go? Weirdly enough, I don't even think I'll be able to play the Premier League. Oh, really? Because, yeah, because there's, yeah, there's another event this weekend, but oh, right. I'm hoping to play the one after that. It's just been a very busy time. Yeah, so, yeah, of course. Yeah, but it's... It comes at the worst time, of course. Team of the season is probably my, the most enjoyable part of the year for me. Yeah, of course. For shame, people who can but, get yeah. top 100, 200 even yeah. in Team of the season, it's just crazy. But uh, yeah, what are you up to this weekend instead then? E-Champions League, is it? Yeah, so there's the, the E-Champions League event, which is a, a huge one, which I'll be happily broadcasting over. So that's a good one. But uh, my socials are just Ryan Pessoa with one underscore on Twitter and two underscores on Instagram. Great. Well, I think that wraps us up. A huge thank you to all our guests for joining us for this and, of course, that content pod. A huge thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It's been great to have you. And finally, a huge thank you to all our supporters for keeping this pod going, including those icon supporters. Dave B, DJ FIFA player, Coach Vass, Hugh J, Thomas, Alan G, Alistair, Martin M, Jordan, Matt L, Chris W, David S, Liam B, Reese A, Harry P, Sam B, Adam G, Neil P, Jake G, Robbie S, Jake S, Zach O, Tom B, Stephen F, Eric T, Christopher R, Jonathan P, Elliot M, Lee A, Paul, Johan P, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Krause, Adam A, Sam P, David C, Brian S, Sila P, Mikhail L, Nishant, Dougie, Anthony R, Jeff B, Stephen M, Roger D, at Pace of a Tortoise, Stephen C, Andrew C, Dan W, Pobius, Sporkum, Bronco, Matt H, and Savage P. Plus a special thanks to Luke M, Dave B, Nick V, Hugh J, Tom M, Darren W, and Pato Foot for advice and production assistance. Before I leave you though, just one more thing to add. FIFA's a bit like life really, it has its many ups and its many downs. And if you are having a few more downs than ups in real life in these more difficult times, then please don't feel that you're alone or need to struggle on without taking action. If you go to thecalmzone.net, there's loads of resources, advice and support, or even just a chat available to anyone who needs it. If it sounds like it could help you, then head over to thecalmzone.net. And for now, I'll catch you next time. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. So you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. At Lowe's, we know you can get the job done faster if you don't have to stop and come into the store all the time. That's why we've updated our app with your business in mind. With the app, you can build quotes, easily reorder your supplies, track orders, and much more. 
so you can get everything you need right away, stay on the job, finish it, and get started on the next one. Download the app today, because Lowe's knows time is money. Lowe's knows pros. Sports Social Podcast Network. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.